So after being on TV all these years, there was this really funny incident that I have never admitted to anyone. So I took a really long break. I went to Bali. I stayed in a nice villa. I had a butler to take care of my three meals a day. I was just hanging by the pool all day. I could even feel my probably my blood pressure coming down. I was probably breathing even deeper. I was doing yoga in the morning. And then back to reality. Got back to Singapore. Got to my show. Live studio. Everything is just as per usual. And then guess what? I caught myself trembling in my show because I was nervous. Really? So weird, isn't it? And then I was, I had this voice in my head telling myself, asking myself, why am I here? Why am I here? This is so terrible. This is nerve wracking. This is, I can't, I cannot take the pressure. I cannot do this anymore. Why? I've been doing this for more than 10 years. Why? And this is when I realized that this is all about conditioning. Hi, this is Eric here, and you're listening to Hashtag Highly Sought After. Have you ever wondered what is it like to be a public figure? Perhaps you're an entrepreneur or service professional looking to stand out on the video. Or maybe you're looking for advice on how to build your personal brand and navigate challenges like dealing with public opinions and online criticism. If so, listen very carefully to this episode because my guest is a highly qualified individual who can help you. Her name is Ling Yi. She has done public broadcasting, TV hosting, even acting. And if you're based in Singapore, you would see her regularly on Mediacorp Channel 8, Hello Singapore. Yoi has been awarded numerous accolades such as Best News and Current Affairs Presenter for Good Morning Singapore. She has also been nominated in the Star Awards Top 10 Most Popular Female Artists. And today, Yoi works as a private media trainer for leaders and large companies to help them improve their presentation and communication skills. So if your goal is to appear on and leverage media as part of your branding efforts, you've got to pay attention to this very episode. Okay. You're making me very, very shy right You're now. You're shy. I'm nervous. <laughs> Why are you nervous? Because I don't understand. Because you are a professional. And, and I have to tell I, I, I always wanted you to be on this show because I want to mark a very uh, memorable story I have with you. Do you remember the first time that we met? Which year oh, was it? Oh, gosh. That? <laughs> oh, testing guest memories. Uh, okay, a long time ago when I was in the morning show. Yes, the Aning Hao. Good morning. Uh, Aning Hao is what? Good morning, Singapore, right? Good morning, right? Singapore, yeah, yes. So that was in 2010. Gosh, 2010. Today is 2021, right? Yeah, so, so 10 years 11 ago. years ago. 11 years ago. Yeah, 11 years ago. So, those of you listening to this, uh, let me explain to you. Yoi saved me on national TV. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. Okay, so what happened was. Yogi, you asked me a question. You were saying something like, you know, what does it take to succeed in the corporate world? Right. And in English, right, I wanted to say that you must be on the same boat. You must get on the same boat with your boss, uh-huh. right? To be aligned to him. But obviously, it's a Mandarin <laughs> show and my Mandarin is not very good. So I say in Mandarin, you have to be with your boss. If you want to be with your boss, you have to be So Yogi is laughing now because those of you who are not speaking Mandarin, you might not understand. But Sang and Sang Chuan is very different. It sounds the same, but one is getting on the same boat with your boss. The other one is getting on bed with your boss. It doesn't sound the same. It, uh, it's Chuan. Chuan. And Chuang. And Chuang. Yeah. So different, right? <laughs> so imagine, uh, I, was, I was like, when I say it out, I was like, oh, GG. So <laughs> did, did I LOL you, you on the show? Yes, you held the show and you were like super calm and you really? were nodding. And you I wasn't even, laughing. You were laughing. 
That's why I say, wow, that one professional. Because <laughs> immediately I say it out, I say, Gigi, my career gone. <laughs> First time on national TV. But you realise it the moment you I said it. I realise it the more I say it because I, I realise I pronounce wrongly. Okay, which happens. Which it, happens, It happens right? a lot. And yes. if you try to correct your mistake, then people who didn't realise you make a mistake will draw attention to it, yes. right? Anyway, what you did was you explained it in Mandarin. You said, oh, I get you. So you try and say that you need to be aligned to your boss so yes. that uh, you have the same agenda with your boss so they can succeed. I say, yes, yes. <laughs> so the thing is, right, we don't even have this saying in Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> like, like going onto the same boat, boat with him, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, in I Mandarin. think I literally translate <laughs> yes. it from English to but Mandarin. But you know, it happens a lot and it is so common. And Got it. especially in Singapore, when we are always juggling with different lang- languages, different cultures, and it's very often that we just get it. We, we get it wrong yeah, all the time. All the time. Yes. And, uh, and it's okay. Thank you. You see, she's so encouraging. I'm so glad that you're not now a media trainer. No, I'm just trying like to us. buffer for myself in case I make any mistake. No, you won't. Don't worry about it. This is a, the most forgiving audience <laughs> ever. They are so positive. No, so I'm, I've always wanted to ask you this question. I never get a chance to ask you. Like, how do you end up in media? Was it something that you knew you wanted to do since young? Not at all. I was a clueless kid when I was growing up. I didn't know what I was going to do. All I knew was what I wanted to get out of school. <laughs> that's a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, right. So I got into NTU. Yes. I was doing accountancy because my mother told me so. She was like, okay, I think being an accountant is a good idea for a girl. It's either you grow up to be an accountant or a teacher or <laughs> a mother, perhaps. Yep. Yeah. So that's the path that she had laid out for me. So I thought, that, okay, since, that, since I was given a choice, why not, right? The moment I joined NTU, I realized mm. that, hmm, great school, wonderful friends, but this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers recognize you, but you don't recognize exactly. the numbers. You know my balance sheet? Yes. They don't balance. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so were you panicking? Because like, you know, university is important to us back then, yes. right? We, we want to get a good job. And were you worried that you're not going to do well? Very much. Uh, but of course, before my last semester in school, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just thinking of getting out. And then maybe I'll try to figure out where to go from there. Okay, what were your options? Mm, wasn't then? even thinking about those. Oh, you were, so you just knew you would not be an accountant, yes. but you have no idea what you're going to do. Exactly. Okay, then. And happened? then this is when I started to learn about all my friends' plans. Yes. So I've got this crazily successful friend decided to do his second degree in law another one of my, my friend joining the big four it was a big four back then of course yeah, yeah and then everyone was just starting to plan out their entire life ahead except for me i was <sighs> like okay i know i'm not gonna be able to do this i won't don't think i want to do that i <laughs> didn't like my internship at all i was at the computer all day maybe this is not my thing yeah okay so then lucky me so one day i heard this radio ad mm. Yeah, from one of the local station. So they were recruiting. I thought, okay, maybe this is something that I can explore. So I signed up for it, went for it, and I got the job. And Okay, so this is interesting. Like, why would you even take up a radio DJ job? Was, was it because you're already a good communicator back then or because you love music? Or? I wasn't sure. Mm. I listen to radio all the time. Mm. I listen to people talk all the time. I listen to music. That's all I knew. But I guess even when I was little, when I was probably... 12 when I did my first hosting yes on stage 12 years old yes mm. that was in school I was the MC for one, one of the school events and I totally had fun ah uh, so these are seeds planted already probably and Perhaps. back then at 12 years old you were not terrified of public like people judging you or who 
question at the end of it. See, Not at nice. All. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, huh? Exactly. <laughs> you don't really and then, ta-da, much. the real world. Whoa. So then, okay, so you got out of university. Thank yeah. God for that radio DJ job. Yes. You got selected. Yes. And then after that, what happened? And then, so I was in radio for five years. And that was when I realized that this is, hey, probably something that I can do. But I didn't have any linguistic background at that time. What do you mean by not having linguistic background? So I wasn't trained in any kind of linguistic genre. There are like several different genres in linguistic, okay. right? You can study uh, literature, you can do poetry and all the different kinds of and things. And is that important to be a DJ or a I media person? I don't think so. Okay. But I think being in that environment made me wanted to learn more. Because it's all about communication, right? Yes. Okay. And I think for the first time, I wanted to take charge of my own learning. Beautiful. And perhaps to even go for something that I'm really interested in because I think that's the first time in my life ever I found this precious gift that was perhaps given to me and something that I know I can explore and I can do well. Oh, you should see. I, I'm so lucky that I get to see her face to face. You can see her eyes. So you know, it's like you can see that, 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 that dream and the aliveness in her eyes. Is that how that monkey came about? It is. Okay, right. show yeah, show that. us. Yeah, so those of you watching us on YouTube, right? You, you're in for a treat. So because um, all our guests in Highly Sought After, we always get them to bring a prop, something that's symbolic. So who do you bring and why is it symbolic <laughs> to you? Okay, so this is my Paul Frank monkey. This is the graduation Paul Frank. I got this on my trip mm. to Thailand. And that was the first trip that I took after I finished my degree in translation and simultaneous interpretation. Mm. So that took me five long years to complete. It was a lot tougher than oh I thought God, it would be. Oh my God, because it's part-time, is it? So it's you have to do it time. while you're working. Yes. I was halfway through my degree when I got the job on Good Morning Singapore. <gasps> so meaning, okay. right, I was working up at four in the morning and then I had to study at night. I didn't know that when I met you so that time. Tango, I didn't know. Right? Oh, wow. So I think that explains, right, sometimes my memory, it's a little bit all over the place. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're obviously studying in your head. So it happens when you don't get enough sleep, okay? Oh. Yeah, so that was five long years. But I think for the first time ever, I actually enjoyed my tertiary education. This is beautiful. And I wish that for everyone who's listening to this, that you don't have to do what your parents ask you to do. <laughs> I mean, they, they come from a very good place, yes. but the world has changed. Yes. And you know? how would we even know what we wanted to do back then? Exactly. At that age. Exactly. It's so stressful. Remember last time when young people asked you, what's your ambition? And you felt like you really have to have an answer. Yeah. And if you don't, you felt like you're the odd one out. Exactly. Like, I don't want to be the president. Yeah. I'm not going to be an astronaut then what am I going to do? I don't know. You have to let me explore first. I think these days, parents are a lot more enlightened, I feel. I, I know, think right? parents are like, you can do whatever you want, explore different skills and passion. I think um, these days, right, the information that we have access to, it is very different. I guess this is why this monkey means so much to me because it's a, it's a graduation monkey. So it means like, hey, I am really appreciating what I have as a tertiary student for the first time. This is really meaningful to me, but this is not what I really want to talk about today. There's something else that Ooh, I want to show you. Please, please. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, that's my book, buddy. It looks so moldy right now. Gosh. Okay. Did I give it to you? You gave this to me. Get to the point. Author Eric Fung in 2010. Oh Do you my even God. remember I, this? No, it's, <laughs> so I also don't remember. Gosh, the book is so moldy right now. It's so old, but... It means it's real. That's it? You said, okay. I wa- enjoy watching you host Good Morning Singapore. 
Wow, may this book help you shine on TV. You're taking a photo of your own. It's a memorable, right memorable moment. But wh- why would you imagine bring... this happened eleven years ago? Yes. Yeah. But you take care of the book very well. I no? did. It's not for the I mole. wrapped it up. Could you see? It's all wrapped up. Gosh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, I think it's your photo back then. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, it really means a lot to me. Do you know that 2010 was my first entry into the corporate world? And, oh, and really? that interview was know. so important to me. You know, back then there was no social media. Or social media wasn't a hot thing yet. So for people to know you and for people to trust you, you need to be on TV. Yes. And that, you know, for me to have a chance to be on TV to, to talk about communication, I think it means a lot to me. Okay, so the reason why I brought this book yes. today is because I think this was the first time I was exposed to the idea of presentation being an art by itself. This is something that I never knew back then. I was trained to do it, but only because that's part of the job. Mm. But I didn't even know that it's a skill set by itself. That can be taught. Yes, I didn't know that. Actually, you're right. Back then, public speaking wasn't a hot thing. Not at all. It was not. I know there were people doing Toastmasters yes, and everything, correct. but no one ever took it so seriously like what we do now. You know, that's why Steve Jobs is right. Sometimes, you know, the dots connect only when you look backwards. Yes, it's true. It's so true. And I have been curious. I have to say, the research in this book is very, very well done. Hey guys, I never, I never asked Yoi to bring the book. Talk about the book. Today's show is about her, okay? But Okay, but I do want to ask you. Yes. How long did it take for you to write this book? You know, tying back to your story, right? I was a computer science student in NUS oh. and I felt exactly like you. I did not enjoy my degree. The only reason why I did this degree was because it's supposed to be a hot degree. Yes. Right? We always do the things that's trending, but it may not be good for you. The day where I knew that computing was not for me was um, on Friday night, a uh, Friday evening. I was okay. asking my friends, hey, well, what you guys are do doing? happen on Friday night. Of course. Okay. Like, what are you going to do on the weekend? And they say, oh, we're going to do programming fun. They're just going to play programming for fun. For, and, uh, on a Friday night? On a Friday night. Wow. And so I was thinking to myself, wow, if these guys are using computing and programming as a game to play, I have no, <laughs> no chance at all to fight them. Okay, trust me, accountants don't do balance sheet for fun. Ah, uh, okay. The computer science students of my faculty, they do. It's Just crazy. Just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was when I knew that I do not want to be in computing, but I, wanted, I do not know what I want to do. So I just follow my heart. And, and back then, there was Toastmasters. Yes. So I started working on my communication and I enjoy public speaking. So I started competing for Singapore. Mm. And that this book that you're holding is a compilation of everything I've learned to be a good speaker from everyone who's a great speaker. It's wow. a compilation. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. Because, you know, I just flipped it through again last week, right? I, I can't remember. I read a book, but, you know, it's so long ago. And now that I look back at everything that, that's included here, these are so precious. Wow, these are very it. useful information. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think this book's ahead of its time. It Back is. then, I think people were like, oh, Honestly, you know, it is. Yeah, public speaking, okay. But now, and, and by the way, we're going to talk a lot about video communications with Yoi yes. later, right? She teaches video communication. <laughs> so, so you guys got to listen up. Now, today, there are two pieces, actually three pieces I'd like to talk to you about. The first piece is about what is it like being a public figure? I've always want to know what is it like. So you will tell us. Show off. Are you not a public figure? Well, okay. So then again, public, it also depends, right? Public, your public world might be just your HDB block. Everybody knows you in a HDB. Your public could be the whole world, right? So it's subjective. So I, I'm very, so to just to let all of you know that um, there are three parts. There is pu- how to be a public figure. Second part, video communication. That one's so important. And then the last part is, you know, how do we deal with public opinions, right? Maybe we start with this. Singaporeans recognize you. Like we see you every day <laughs> on the news. And you've been doing this for a very long time. What is it like being a public figure? Like to walk around and people actually know you. 
and they will like look, look at you and point a finger. Oh, that's Yogi. You know, that's a... Mm. How does it like... Okay, interesting question. First of all, yes, we, we do get that from time to time. And you know, when there are people taking photos of you when you're outside, it does happen. Without your permission? Uh, yeah. But you know, they're harmless. I, we're, we're fine. And if you ask for a photo, that's fine too. It's okay. I guess what it means to be a public figure, that definitely the fun part uh, and the not so great part. The fun part is I get to meet very interesting people like you. We get to experience a lot of things firsthand. Like I covered F1, the entire story when I first came to Singapore. And I did my first, um, when MBS first opened up, I did a show there. It's quite an experience. Wow, okay. And the not so fun part is the fact that especially because I work on news. So I guess that means we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Because you're a news broadcaster? Yes and no. But I think in, I think for us to be responsible as a so-called public figure is to understand the fact that, first of all, you will always be observed. You're constantly being observed. And secondly, whether you like it or not, people are going to look at you as role models. Whether you like it or not. That's yeah, whether you like point. it or not. Yes. Because that is part of your JD. It is part of your job. People look at you, they need to trust you for you to do your job. How do you gain their trust? And once you're there, as in someone that they, they believe in, what is the influence that you have over them? And what are you going to do about it? Mm. I guess, first of all, that means for someone who's responsible to what they do and the people that they read to every single day, first of all, you have to be able to be a role model. But I think this is an amazing thing. To be able to do that, first of all, you're constantly improving yourself. But at the same yeah. time, when you're always holding yourself to a higher standard, yes, meaning you're always more professional, more mature yes. in the way that you present yourself, in the way that you communicate, it also means that you're constantly pushing yourself. This is so important because, you see, Yoi, you had at least a decade, I, I believe, right? Two. A decade. Oh, two, two decades. <laughs> okay, let's not go there. Okay, <laughs> Can we just remove this entire bar? <laughs> so you realize that like you, you had time to, to realize all these things and to step into your role, yes, right? I'm very lucky this way. But there were also a lot of young people today who are famous overnight. Yes. Because of social media. And they, they do not have big sisters like yourself to give them the advice that they're actually role models. Yeah. And, and that's why they kind of, uh, you know, they burn. In flames. I guess this is why, um, this is something that I always tell young influencers or mm. young entrepreneurs who are putting themselves out there. Some of them enjoy it, which is fine because this is fun. Putting yourself out there, being a public figure, I cannot deny it. It is an, it's an interesting space to be. Mm. You get to experience so much more in life just by doing this. But at the same time, you have to understand what does it mean to you as a person? What does it mean to you in the long run? What would this mean to you one day when you become a professional? Say that they become a lawyer, a doctor. What is this? How's everything going to add up in your life eventually? This is something that you have to think about. Wow. So, so what you're saying is that, um, you know, as much as we aspire to be a public figure, to have a lot of attention, the question we need to ask ourselves is what we're going to do with that attention? What's yes. it for? Yes. What is this for? And to be able to ask you about what this is for, you have to ask yourself why you're doing this. Exactly, which is your purpose, right? Yes, what is your purpose? And therefore, that's the danger, right? If you ask a lot of young people, I mean, myself included, like, oh, I want to be famous. I want to have a lot of followers. I want to have a lot of influences. Influence, right? But a lot of us never ask the next question, which is uh, for what? Exactly. 
and then we'll go like, oh, I love like a lot of people looking at my stuff or I'll get a lot of brand sponsorship. I get a lot of fun experiences, but that seems like only the surface yes. benefits, right? You have to dig deeper. How do we go about doing that? Okay, to be fair, we didn't know what we wanted to do when we were kids, right? Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even pick the right course to enter <laughs> in school. Yeah. yeah, so I guess with everything that's going on around us right now, it means that you just have to grow up faster. Especially the moment when you put yourself out there, you have to be your own adult. Wow. Adulting comes way faster. You have to be your own adult. You have to be your own grown-up. You have to be your own parents. You have to be your own best friend. When you are out there, you have to look out for yourself. Because with all the fame and all the influence, all the followers that you're getting, you're also exposing yourself to a lot of potential risks. Like what? What kind of risk? Okay, let's... For example, a joke gone wrong. Mm. Where you made something, a joke that's really tasteless, mm. really bad. It hurt people without, even that's not the intention that you had in yeah. mind. But it can come back to hurt you one day. As you said, because the minute you are a public figure, everybody hold you at a higher invisible standard. Yes. Somehow, there's this standard Somehow, that you have to live yes, up to. Correct. Wow. So I guess what it means, or what I'm hearing from you is that if any one of us want to be a public figure, number one is we need to understand there's a price to pay. That yes, they're, they're going to be all There's a, good, a cost. Yeah, there's for a sure. cost to pay. And that cost is that you have to live, you are, you are seen as a role model. Yeah. People are going to hold you at high standards. Exactly. So th does that mean that I don't care whether you are on TV as a broadcaster or you are an influencer? They're going to all hold you at, a, at the same standard. Maybe the expectations will be different, right? It, because it also depends on the, um, the image that you're going for and your entire portfolio. But let's say, okay, I'm not just talking about influencers here, okay? Yeah. I'm just talking about any regular teens who's listening to this. Correct. We all party in our teens. We all yeah. did silly things when we were young. Correct. But one day, when you have one of these silly photos floating around in the inter on the internet, and one day when you go for a job application, people do a quick search on you on Google. What are they going to find? Yeah, you don't even need to be a public figure, right? Cause, exactly. Cause basically, this is still actions. Exactly. So I hear you. We need to be responsible as mm -hmm. adults. We need to assume that people are going to be watching our every single move. And then our question to ourselves is, are we okay letting people see those parts of us? Yes. And if it's not, uh -huh. do not put it out there. And I love what you said, point number two, which is that's where personal development comes in, right? Mm -hmm. That you need to keep working on yourself. Yeah. So over this so long uh, career of yours, right? Uh, what were some of the things that you did to work on yourself? Okay, mm so that was about... About 10 years ago, I think. Um, so there was this point when I felt totally depleted and disconnected from what I was doing. Okay. And that's when I made the decision to just, oh, heck it. I'm just going to F.O. for a while. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I signed up for a public speaking training course in New York City. <gasps> so I just bought a ticket and flew there. I got myself a nice apartment. I hung out with my, I have families and friends in New York City. So that makes it so much easier. Hung out with them for a little bit and then I went for my classes. So I signed up for this class. Um, can't remember. Was it? I think classes were in the evening. Mm. Um, a few, a few sessions a week. So on my first day to school, I was super excited about it. Yes. Yeah. So I was like the first one in class, you know, with my notes and everything ready. Like I'm ready to work. Like a perfect Singapore student. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Got my school bag and everything. And, um, so, and I was there. I was there so early that I want to make sure I get to talk to my trainer first because I want to tell my trainer who I am, what I do, and what I'm searching for. Nice. Because I think that 
I was thinking that I'm so important, right? <laughs> all, <laughs> it's like all you about flew me. all the way to New York, you know? <laughs> exactly. I come a yeah. long way. I'm going to make sure this works for me. Yes. So I spoke to the guy. Yeah. Uh, the guy's really interesting. He does training for public speaking, but at the same time, he's a therapist. So he's a therapist who specializes in um, anxiety issues. Okay, so I think that pretty much like so you get the idea, right? Yes. So I spoke to him and then he was like, okay, I hear you. Um, How about this? For the first session, you don't have to do any presentation. All you have to do is just observe the entire class. And that's all that I did for the first two sessions. I probably joined in, I, I can't remember all the details, but I joined in some of the discussion and everything. So finally, it came to my my turn to present for the first time, right? In English or Mandarin? In English. <gasps> exactly. It's not even your main language, right? Because, I mean, you, you yeah. do a lot of Mandarin shows. Exactly. And I didn't even speak much English after my graduation. So I was putting myself in a really uncomfortable, uncomfortable zone. Position, yeah, but yeah. I wanted to make sure that this is something that I put myself through because I cannot, I don't think I can deal with another routine anymore. Understand. Yeah, so I... But again, like a good Singapore student, right? I overly prepared. I totally overprepared for my first presentation. Nice. <laughs> I practiced at home. I wrote down my script. I practiced in front of the mirror. I timed myself. So as I got to the class, wait for my turn, I got up and did my entire delivery. And while I was doing that, I was acknowledging my crowd. I did my gesture. I was, I made it a point to, uh, Ensure that I was standing right and I was, um, so anyway, I did all the right thing yeah. in my head. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we always think we did the right thing in yeah. our head. And then? And then, so the funny thing happened. The energy from the crowd, the, the feedback that I got back from the crowd, it wasn't great at all. Huh. Okay. Yeah, huh, right. I was like, ah, so what? And you were very vocal wrong? about it. So like, because they give you feedback mm, on the spot. Yes. It's an environment that, that um, that's safe for all of mm. us. So we were all vocal about each other's performance. Mm. But at the same time, we need to be truthful about it because this is how we help each other along. Very true. Yeah. Yes. So these, the, the energy from the crowd, it was just awkward. So I stood there waiting to get my trainer's feedback. Yes. And so I was bracing myself for it because I'm, I'm thinking that, okay, this is not going to be great. But instead of telling me what he thought about my performance, he asked me a question. Yes. And I have to say this is something that has changed the way I work since then. He asked me, how do you feel? For the longest time, no one has ever asked me about how I felt. Not that I want to be emotionally pampered, but I have to emphasize that our emotions matter a lot. So when he first asked me that question, I was so stunned. I didn't know how to respond to that. I was like, huh? What do you mean how I feel? I don't know what to feel. I didn't prepare the answer for that question. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, it's not part of my nose. What are you talking yeah. about? Yes. So he asked me again, how do you feel? So I took a moment to process it in front of the entire class. And then that's when I realized that I felt terrible, horrible about the whole thing. It was excruciating. I hated it. It was depleting again. It's just wearing me out. But I don't know why. And... That's when he pointed it out. First, he seeked my permission to share his observation with me. And then he told me this. He told me that you were performing. That's what you were doing. You were trying to impress your crowd. This is why you're so disconnected. What I should have done was just to have a conversation 
with all the people sitting right in front of me because that's what we were supposed to do. Even though we call it a presentation, but it is always a dialogue. As a speaker, you will know that. You're always getting this energy as a feedback from the crowd for you to do what you need to do on stage for that presentation to be a success or to make it stand. Without that, this entire thing doesn't stand. And I have to say, this is such a powerful question. It has changed how I work entirely as a presenter and now as a media trainer. So how do we apply that every time we do a presentation? Okay. First of all, I think before you even think about making a presentation, you have to ask yourself why you're doing this. Why? And how do you feel about it? Wow. So it always starts from us. Yes. It always starts from the inside. Like, why are you doing this? Because you genuinely enjoy meeting people. Yeah. Yeah, you like making conversations. from people. Yeah. And I can tell because... Mm. All these years, come on, you wrote this 10 years ago and you're still doing this. <laughs> I oh. admire that dedication because it's real. Thank you. Yeah. So whenever we do a presentation, we ask ourselves, why are we doing this presentation? Yes. And how do you feel about it? And we need to get connected first because if we yes. can't even connect with the message, then we can't help our audience connect with that same message. Exactly. The same message. Because if mm. you're not convinced, how do you convince your audience? First, you have to believe it yourself. Nice. And that's why he asked you, how do you feel, right? Because yes. if you don't, if you're disconnected to your own entire speech, then how on earth can we be connected to your speech? Exactly. He knew that I was just trying to recite my entire speech. And because you are performing, not yes. connecting. Exactly. That's another very powerful tip. Hey, this is Eric here, just dropping in to check in on you. Are you getting value so far from this interview? Because if you are, I'm very happy for you. And I'm really curious to know what are some of the key takeaways. So after the interview, go to social media, screenshot your learnings and tag me, all right? So that we can connect. Okay, okay. I'm going to leave you to listen to the rest of the interview. Enjoy. You know what? This is very nice. We can kind of dovetail into our topic today, right? Because we all know that videos are integral to social media today, right? Uh, I mean, every time you post a video, you, it gets more engagement. Videos are also a great way for you to connect with your audience. It's a lot more personable, right? So I've got a few questions lined up for you. Question number one is, how when we're on camera, mm-hmm. right? How do we command presence? Like, How do we make sure that when, when we speak, people actually stop and listen? Why do I get the feeling that you know the answer to that already? Well, you see... The thing is that, of course, we have our own experience, right? True, true. But I'm very curious, like for a person who has been doing this for a very big part of your career, you know, what's your take? And, and then I'll share mine and then we okay, see, we okay, share okay. notes, okay? Okay, we can compare notes. Yeah, compare okay. notes. Uh, so this is what I do. First of all, you have to make sure you have eye contact. So this is how you, you engage your audience. Hmm. So this is me looking at you. Or for example, let's say if you're looking at your computer, you're in a Zoom meeting. Correct. And the tendency is because we love ourselves and we are always the first person we would see on on screen, we keep looking at our own image on screen. Or when you're talking to any of your colleagues, you will be looking at them on screen. But that means it takes your eye line away from the camera. It's always eye on a camera. Exactly. So... Or can I do a demonstration here? Yeah, you can do a demonstration. Okay. So this is me, perhaps just looking at the person I'm talking to. This is me talking to the camera. Can you feel the difference? I got that. It's the level of engagement that makes the difference. The intensity of connecting to the camera. And that's one way to increase the presence. Because what do we do in videos? We try to recreate this entire world that we know on screen. 
So what do confident people do when they enter a room? They take up space. Exactly. This is how they command the space. They come into a room, they look around. They never hesitate to do that. They look around, they make eye contact, they make a quick split-second engagement with every single person in the room. So we try to do that in the virtual world. This is us doing it, that is looking at the camera to have that instant connection with anyone who's looking at you on screen. Nice. So that's Yoi's take on increasing your presence, right? Yes. I think my way is from the word presence because presence, if you take the root word, is present. That means I feel that the way for me to command presence is to be present to my audience. Mm, because a lot of times, nice. you notice like, where I don't know about you, but I, I, when I first started doing speaking, I'm always in my head. Yeah. Because I'm nervous and, yes. and I, I'm trying to memorize my script. I'm trying to remember what to say. And uh, I was di- I'm disconnected. It's, that's why it goes back to your point, which is you need to connect to the why you want to deliver that speech. And that once the camera is on you, forget about trying to get validation from them. Your job is to get that objective across. Exactly. And, and when we do that, I feel that presence increases. Yes. Your presence increases. Which means you're there with a purpose. You're not just here to recite your entire message. You're, you're not just here to look nice on screen. You're actually here for a good reason. Because you have something important to tell us and it's something that you believe in. I love that. So those of you, if you're taking notes, right? If I will take notes, I'll write two things down. I think the first one is we need to know our purpose of delivering whatever communication. Yes. And we need to ask ourselves, why do we want to communicate it? So even if you're in sales, right? Yes, your objective is to influence a person to buy something. But why? Why is it important that the person does do it? Yes. Right? And if you're connected to that, then when we speak, we speak up with a lot more energy. And this is what I tell sales representatives all the time in my training sessions. I want your, I'm here for you because I'm, I'm your trainer, right? I want your customer to make a purchase not because of the product, but because of you. Because they trust you. How do you establish that trust? How? By really having your customer's best interest in mind. You have to believe that what you are selling to them is of value to them. This is something that's going to benefit them. And therefore, they trust you. And therefore, they make a purchase. Wow. So if you don't trust the product, then maybe it would be a good idea to switch to another job. That's true. <laughs> and, and it's so interesting that we are, the whole point we're talking about is communication, but yes. we, we didn't even talk about the words yet. We're talking about the, yes. the soul you know, of you know, your heart. Yes, it's all the nonverbal. It's more important than the words itself. Now, another question. Okay. So we talk a lot about presence. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about voice. Okay. Voice is a, a big part. And of course, you have a DJ voice, right? You should hear I don't, your I don't. She does. I wasn't does. born with this. So you train, right? Of I course. did. Okay, so what if someone wants to have a more radio DJ voice? Okay, and when we say radio DJ's voice, it means a voice that's commanding, mm-hmm. yet with personality, right? What are some tips? <laughs> okay, um, I wish I could tell you that there is a magic pill for this. But like, pop this pill and you'll sound like, like this whoa. person. Pop this pill and you sound like another person. Unfortunately, no? not in the oh, real okay. world. Okay. Hashtag real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it can definitely be learned. Okay. First of all, to have a deeper, more rounded, more bodied voice, you have to activate your entire muscle to support that. Mm. That's going to take training. It takes a lot of practice. But I, there, if there's one shortcut that I can share with you would be to slow down. Why? Because for anyone who's, again, back to confidence, anyone who's confident will take their time when they speak with you. Well said. It's beautiful. You're right. Mm. You're right. 
because they know that you will have to listen. Exactly. So they take their time. They will communicate with you in a pace, in a tone, in a manner of their choice. So this is what you need to do. You build up your style. It does take a little bit of work. I'm not saying that it's just going to fall from the sky, yep. but just get used to slowing down. This will build that credential for you and this will help attract your audience because with the pauses in between, they'll be like, oh, so uh, whatever that's coming up next, it has to be exciting. So I want to stay tuned for that. No wonder they say a pause makes you look like you're 1.8 meters tall. Whenever you pause. I do that with, with heels. We are, well, that's 1.9. <laughs> Love it. Now, nervousness, mm. right? Any tips? <laughs> How do we deal with... Uh, let, let Yui drink some water first. Okay. You know, so, so to summarize so far, I've learned that uh, number one, you know, if you want to command presence, you need to be connected to your message. And you need to be present to your audience and always come from their point of view of how you want to serve them. Yes. Don't make it a performance, make it a connection. Mm. In terms of voice, I've learned that, I mean, it's a lot to do with your breathing, right? But that takes exercising. But a very tangible tip that you gave, which I'm going to try, is to slow down. Because powerful, confident people speak slowly. Yes. Because they know you're going to listen. Yes. But if you speak too fast, it's because subtly you're afraid that people will not listen. So therefore, you're trying to get everything out. And that makes you actually, that reduces your power. Exactly. And unfortunately, we all have the tendency to do that. Yes. Yeah, especially for anyone who's, for the young executives, where you have to make a presentation to the board, perhaps for the first time, you'll be so nervous. You'll be so worried whether you're giving them enough information. And then what you, what you end up doing is you keep pumping and pumping and pumping. Yeah. Exactly. Like a machine gun. And no one had a clue what you were talking about. Then what's the whole point? Awesome tips. Those of you doing presentations, please take note. Applies not just to face-to-face presentation, even Zoom. For sure. And even videos. Especially for Zoom, you have to slow down. Because? Because, you have to remember this, through Zoom or any video presentation, everything is transmitted to a recording device. The way that your entire message is being picked up by your audience is through the visual that they get from screen and the audio they get from their speaker. So it's going to be a little harder for them to put it all together. You have to give them time for that. So this is why video production is such an art. Because you package your information in the way that's easily understood by your audience. This is what video production aims to do. But during a Zoom meeting or a presentation, if you want to mimic this entire thing, you have to slow down for people to understand you. I got that. I'm now super conscious about the way oh, I on. speak. You knew that already, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, no, you know what? Sometimes we need, we have blind spots. Oh, we do. Yeah, we, do. we, we need yeah. someone else to kind of remind you, right? And after a while, maybe people stop telling you because they think you know. But And, and that's why you end up like the emperor with the no clothes. Because yes. no one there to tell you the truth anymore. Actually, good point. There are still people whom I check in with just huh? to make sure I'm, yeah. I'm getting things and right. And who will give you honest feedback and not just because, they, oh, I don't want to offend your ease, so I'll just tell her what she wants to hear. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, okay, this is something I realized from all my learners. Yes. So among us girls, so when we check in with our friends um, on how we did, say for a media interview, so usually this is what we'll tell our girlfriends, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll go like, oh yeah, you were probably a little nervous, but it's okay. I don't think people can tell. And you look really great, by the way. Oh, so encouraging. <laughs> but you know what guys do to each other? Uh, no. 
Did someone die? <laughs> They're so honest. Yeah, a letter to others. That's not very helpful. <laughs> okay, guys. In between, okay, guys? In between. There's always a sandwich principle, right? Say yes. something nice, then give the real feedback and uh-huh. then wrap it up with something encouraging. Exactly. So uh, I, w- I wanted to ask you just now, like yep, for yep. people who are shy or nervous, camera shy specifically, uh, what, do you, what advice do you have for them? Again, I wish there's a magic pill. But unfortunately, if you're really feeling nervous about something, again, you have to ask yourself why. And you have to challenge your thought. If you feel like you're just pretending, again, back to the scenario of someone making a presentation to the board. If you feel nervous about it, ask yourself why. If you feel like you were just pretending, challenge that thought. Were you pretending or do you really know your stuff? If you really know your stuff, the board needs some information from you. And that's why you're there. You have something important that they need to know. So that's the reason why you're there. And then secondly, all the presentation technique. Yes, it's true that this is on the surface, just things that you do on the surface. But when you get the exterior right, you build up that correct momentum in the room. You get that positive feedback from the crowd. That will make it real. That affirmation, it will make it real. Wow. So it's so interesting that you say it this way because the standard protocol when people say I'm nervous is, oh, uh, don't think about your nervousness, yeah, right? Yeah, and take a deep breath, you'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, take a deep breath, all yeah. the officials, you know? But your way is very unique, which is, no, your nervousness is telling you something. Yes. Go look into that. Exactly. There's, there's a reason why you're nervous. Exactly. Either because you lack the skills, the practice time, or you actually don't think that you're really adding value to your bosses. It could be an opinion. It could be a fact. And that's why you need a friend, preferably a guy, like you said. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, could be a girl as well, okay? But most importantly, someone that tells you the truth. Yes. Okay. That, but at the same time, be nice to each other, okay? <laughs> yeah, but be encouraging. <laughs> so I got it. So the next time around, we are nervous. Go look into it. Like, why yes. are we nervous? Is it because we don't have enough experience or is it because we're not certain about our topic? Mm. Or we're nervous because we can't, we do not know how people are going to respond to us. All that are workable yeah. yes. as long as we analyze our nervousness before the presentation. I'm not saying that after doing all the work, you, you won't feel nervous at all. That's not true do though. Do you? Do you still feel nervous? Of course nervous I do. When you're on TV or on shows? I still do every now and then. But the interesting thing is, I think this is something that you can be conditioned to do. Okay. So after being on TV all these years, there was this really funny incident that I have never admitted to anyone. Yeah, she's going <laughs> to do it now. <laughs> so I was doing the evening show. It's mm. a live show. Okay. That's my favorite thing about live show. You know, you always go home on time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Yo-Yo would say, I love live shows because it's live conversation. But she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you always go home for dinner on time. Okay. Okay, so... <laughs> So I took a really long break. Mm. Uh, I went to Bali. I stayed in a nice villa. I had a butler to take care of my three meals a day. I was just hanging by the pool all day. I can even feel my probably my blood pressure coming down. I was probably breathing even deeper. I was doing yoga in the morning. And then back to reality. Okay, got back to Singapore. Got to my show. Live studio. Everything is just as per usual. And then guess what? I caught myself trembling in my show because I was nervous. Really? So weird, isn't it? And then I, was, I had this voice in my head telling myself, asking myself, why am I here? Why am I here? This is so terrible. This is nerve wracking. This is, I can't, I cannot take the pressure. I cannot do this anymore. Why? I've been doing this for more than 10 years. Why? And this is when I realized that this is all about conditioning. Once you're used to it, 
you do it frequent enough, your body gets used to it. Physically, you know how to respond to it. But when you're not, when you spend too much time in Bali, by the pool. To relax. <laughs> yes. It does take a little bit of warm up to get yourself back. This is beautiful. I once heard someone said that if at the end of the day, it's all about stage time, right? True. Um, the more stage time you clock, the better you will be eventually. Absolutely true. Right. And or another way of putting it is, um, I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about it. There's the, in his book called Talent Myth, there is no such thing as talent. That those people that you see like yourself, you know, being able to speak so well is because they have clocked that 10,000 hours. He actually gave that number 10,000 hours. So if you clock the hours, you'll get good. So I guess what a lot of you need to do, uh, if you're listening to this, if you're nervous, it's to be courageous, understand that it's part of your ritual and that you are going to fumble. But you the more do. you do it, yes. the better you get. It's all about learning how to recover. We all make mistakes. What's the biggest the mistake you ever made? I just share with you my biggest mistake on your oh. show. What's the biggest mistake that Yoi has ever made on TV? Mm, little thing. <laughs> wow, she <thinks laughs> don't have a... <laughs> no, I have selective memory, you uh, see. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So maybe that's a tip. Block out that memory <laughs> when you make a mistake. Okay, I'll give her some time to think about I think it. I probably ever... Cool I think I probably ever asked a, uh, a very established professional Okay. for fun. I don't know why I asked that question about what his wife thought about his work. That's okay. It's a valid question. That's what I thought too. Until I learned that his wife passed away in a car accident a year ago. I didn't do my research. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Exactly. That, that's on me because I did not do my research. And uh, at that moment when that happened, how did he respond? Or? He, he was okay about it. Yeah, but my partner, uh, oh. my on-air partner, he was terrified. He was staring at me. I was like, what's wrong? Because I, I, I didn't even know about it at that yeah, point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So there was nothing for you to recover because you you didn't know. I didn't but know. After the show, when you found out, how I just how felt you feel? like killing myself. I was just gonna like just find a hole, and then I'm just gonna stay in it and never come out. I got. I, I can feel you. I can feel you. Yeah. Gosh. Hmm. And and how do you recover then? Like what 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 was the process you went through? Like do you see a psychiatrist? Or- <laughs> You, what do you do? Like, because the fact of the matter, Yo, is we're going to make mistakes. Yes, we, we, we just do. said it. You and I just said that we need to clock stage time. So the more stage time you have, confirm you know you have more mistakes. It's true. So okay. what do you do to bounce back? Mm, I think I never did. But I do make sure that I do my research for anything that I wasn't sure of. I try to find out beforehand. There are two things I want to mention about that. So number one is that you basically have a learning mindset. That means like yep. you have done that. It's too late. Yes. But you ask yourself, what can you learn from it? And yes. the learning was, I'll never make the same mistake again because I'm going to do my research. Yeah. Okay. Now, guys, I want to say this. Huh? Yoi, you're my last interview guest for this season. But you're also one of the three ever. I've interviewed 29. Huh? Okay. You're the only three who actually asked for the questions ahead of time. And even put in answers in the question and then submit back to me. She's a Isn't good student. Isn't standard protocol? No, my last 29 guests, <laughs> I was, I, they, they didn't really ask me for the questions. They just, you know, wing it. And, and it's not like they have a lot of experience being on shows. Maybe they are, they have, I don't know. But I was telling my team, I said, you see, that's the difference between a professional and the rest of us who are just essentially entrepreneurs and practitioners. That the way to look natural on the show is to be prepared. Exactly. So here's the thing. You don't know what you don't know. I'm pretty sure for those who didn't ask for the questions beforehand, they didn't know they could. Blind spot. Yes. 
How would you even know that if no one told you? Okay, that, that's on us then. Oh, whoops. <laughs> no, but no, reflecting on that, that's on us. We could have like, tell them, hey, would you want a questions? But the cool thing is, I mean, it just goes to show what it really takes to be a master in something is that you will always have this beginner mindset. Like, you know, you, you mm-hmm. don't think in terms of like, I'm really very good so I can wing it. But that, no, I'm, I'm good because I've always worked at it. You know, there's this another thing that I got from one of my trainers. Yes. He said, never try to wing anything. Because you're not a bird. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to happen, yo. No, you fly. Yes, no winging. Yes, it's saying. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is so good advice because sometimes we get complacent. We do. Because we've done it so often. Exactly. I mean, I'm speaking not just for us, for anybody who's going to make presentations, going to do a radio interview. We think that we can win it all the time because, hey, it's okay. I can just have my script with me. But guess what? You're not supposed to read off your script. And guess what? Even if everything is pre-planned, we kind of knew what we we're going to talk about today, right? Yes. But that's just for our... That's, we just keep it at the back of yeah, our mind. We might not follow exactly that. We never do. Someone said that you prepare so much so that you allow for flow and, and things to happen in the show, in the yes. interview. You allow for magic to happen. Anything that looked impromptu? It's not. Never. Oh my God, Yogi, this is so important. That I'm so glad we put that, that message out. Now, we, we, we come to the last portion about public opinions, mm. right? So we started off talking about your journey being a public figure, the good and the bad. Then we went into skills on video communications. The last thing I want to ask you is that, you know, being a public figure, you're going to have your fair share of positive opinions about you and negative opinions about you, right? May I know, you know, what was some of the, the bad one that you have received before and how do you deal with it? Because many mm-hmm. of us probably don't have experience, you know. Uh, okay, I'm very lucky this way that I have never received anything that's really threatening or insulting. I get random ones like, you look too old, you're not young enough, you're not skinny enough. That happens. And we have to understand, again, the moment that we put ourselves out there, that's part of the job. People are going to make passing remarks about you. It's part of the job. It is part of the job. And you have to understand that most of the time, it's not even against you. It's nothing personal about it. Why? So I had this conversation with a psychiatrist in my show. So I think the topic was on um, online trolls. Mm. We're talking about the mindset of online trolls and what that's doing to our society. So um, off camera, he told me that, hey, I just want to put it out there because, you know, you're in this job. And just in case that this is something that you have to deal with as well, don't take it too hard. Because many of these trolls that you see, they are my patients. There are people dealing with their own issues, with their own negativity, and they're just projecting it onto whoever, whatever that comes in their way. Because this is their coping mechanism, at least for now, during their treatment. He wants to guide them out of the dark place, but at the meantime, this is what's going to happen in between. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. I've never looked at it, the <laughs> angle. I know, right? That hurting people hurts people. Exactly. They're just projecting their own emotions to whoever happens to be there. So there's nothing personal about it. But the problem is that we internalize those things. Yeah, why do we do that? Well, we know that it's not the logical thing to do. I would think that this is our body mechanism in protecting us. You know, we all take bad things more seriously than the good things ever happen to us, right? Uh, Bad things are like Velcro in our our mind. Good things are like Teflon in our mind. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's like good thing. What good thing? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't remember the good stuff, but the bad one that, that you said 10 yeah. years ago. It's all replay your replay head. Replay every day. Exactly. But this is just our body's way of protecting us. From the bad things. Yes. So how do we overcome that? I guess, first of all, you just remind yourself of the story <laughs> that was shared to yeah, me by the psychiatrist. Many of the strolls and many of the negative comments, they, they are patients. They are they're going through things. They are. And they're just projecting it on you. Yes. It's not personal. And you will never know that one day... Okay, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, right, we could all be that person somehow when we least expect it. We can be just going through a dark phase in our life. We can just be dealing with something that's really difficult. You could just lash it out on somebody, whether in private or online. But we have all been there. So let's have a bit more empathy and be a bit more understanding about this. First of all, it is part of your job to receive comments like this, but it is your choice on how you want to look at this. I love it. This is beautiful. So we just got to change the narrative every time we, we see a negative comment. We yes. can, if it's constructive, we can take it on and yes. learn from it. Uh, but if it isn't, then we'll just go, you know what? That guy is just projecting. I don't have to take it seriously. Yeah. So sometimes it breaks my heart when I see really talented people yes. being hurt by all this online comments about their work. And some of them, they get hurt so badly, they call it quit. Yes. There's so many stories I can think about. Exactly. But why? You're doing something great. This is why people are paying attention to you. Why stop yourself from doing what you love? Because someone that you don't even know make a comment that's probably not even about you. You know, I once heard someone say that, I can't remember who said that, that a lot of times, People can say 10 negative things about you, but yeah. that one or two things will hurt you is because you have self-doubt all over these two areas. That's so true. That is so like, true. I mean, if people are going to say, uh, Eric, you look like a girl. It's not going <laughs> to affect me too much because like the fact is when I unzip, I know I'm a guy. You know, it's like you can't argue with that fact. But when people start saying things about me that ties to my insecurities, mm. it does affect me. It's true. So... Would you say that we need to keep working on ourselves to reduce all these insecurities so they were less vulnerable to those negative comments? I'd say that's a really good idea. I mean, either way, we need to constantly upgrade ourselves. As you mentioned, you need a growth mindset. You yes. need to have that mindset of constantly learning and upgrading yourself. This is what lifelong learning is all about. It's not about getting the next certificate in computer engineering. It's not about learning about AI algorithm. It's about constantly Looking at checking your blind spots, understanding how you can be better. And like what you said, if something hits you because it's something that you have been thinking about at the back of your mind, you've probably wondered about it. Yes. Use it in a good place. And it's fine. We all made mistakes. We're not perfect. Hello. How would any of us be perfect and please everybody? You know, that's impossible. So true. Yeah. So why bother? So nice. Oh my God. This is so cool, Yoi. Thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm just okay. very thankful that, um, I mean, it's 11 years since we got to know each other. Yes. But today's conversation really helped me to get into your world and, and oh. to see what you've been through. Because all we see is just you on TV, right? Yeah. But that it's so nice to learn that, you know, the growth mindset, the things that you've been through uh, and the positivity that you have. I'm glad really we got to do that. this. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Now, final, final question for you. I'm very sure there are people who want to learn more from you. They want to get you as their coach. They want to work on their communication skills, their video skills. Could you share with us, like, you know, what's the best way to reach you or to reach your team so that they can engage you to do this kind of work? Let me get my agent to come over. Uh, agent. <laughs> Hello. 
Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yui okay. has an agent. So, <laughs> so what we do yes. is, um, so I focus a lot on corporate training these days. Yes. So we're engaged by companies to work with their staffs. We work with their staffs on basic presentation technique, which will greatly enhance the efficiency of all your presentations and your meetings. This, I promise. We work with spokesperson in representing their brands on how they handle the media. Oh my God, you do mm. that one. Okay, dealing yes. with media, even bad news, right? Or bad things that happen, <laughs> you teach them how to deal with it. Uh, yes, to a certain extent. Yes, there, there are different genres that falls yeah. under this category, um, which includes crisis management, which is a little more advanced. Mm. But I deal with the basic for now because I feel that in so many ways, right? First of all, we need the foundation before we can put someone on camera and make sure the person can make, make things work. You don't want to take the risk of putting someone who's not ready in the media to represent your brand. Imagine the damage that... 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Like you spend so much money doing the advertising and then you pick the wrong spokesperson. Oh, the spokesperson is not trained. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, that was the soup. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. So uh, probably what we can do after the show is I'll get your team's email address. Okay. And then um, whoever that, you know, you feel you need help, you can reach out to Yoi team through that email address. That will be great. All right. Thank you so much, Yoi. I thank wish you. you all the best. What's coming up for you in 2022? Uh, you end soon. You have any new shows you're going to be doing? Uh, uh, anything else that you'll be working on? Well, I just got completed my training as a ACLP trainer. What was that? ACLP. Okay, that's an advanced certificate in learning and performance on nice. adult learning. So basically, you're a learning practitioner. Yes, Congratulations. Again. That means Thank you're going you. into the education, doing more work on the education industry. Yes, I'm so glad I completed that thing. Oh. Such a long, tedious course. Worth it, worth it. It's I mean, worth it. Think about the number of people Absolutely. you're going to help. Yep. Okay, so we're going to look up for Yoi more, not just on television, but maybe even your Zoom classrooms. All right, thank you so much, Yoi. High five. Thank you. Yo, high five. If you love this episode, remember to hit the follow button on Spotify or the plus button on Apple Podcast. Hashtag highly sourced after.